On this episode of the Geekspin Podcast, I'll be speaking to nerd musician Chris Waffle about his nerd rock group Megathruster and his upcoming nerdcore project, The Chris Waffle Explosion. We cover a lot in this episode, so please sit back and strap in because the show is a go. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Geekspin Podcast, and today I am going to be speaking with Chris Waffle from Megathruster. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. So the first uh, question I usually ask people is, how did you get your start in music? Oh, gosh. You know, I have been, uh, well, I was, as a child, very much in choir, in vocal kind of choirs, all from, from, you know, first grade all the way through into college. And so I've always really enjoyed the singing part. Uh, I think when I was in primary school and elementary school I was in all of the shows like a lot I must have been like the only kid around with talent or something I was in all the stuff <laughs> and they had me in like the community plays my mom would take me to like the community like the um like the community college adult plays they needed like kids right and I think I so I got the bug early on I was performing for family functions and they would put me they say oh Chris can do this and they put a little like a broomstick in my hand, like it was a microphone or something. They tell me to, to perform for people. <laughs> and um, so that I got the bug pretty early on on that. And then when I was in high school, I really wanted to form a band. I wanted to be a real rock and roll guy. And, um, yeah. you know, because I couldn't get a date otherwise. And so uh, my buddy said, well, you need to play an instrument. So I said, well, what was the easiest instrument to learn? And he thought it was bass guitar probably. And then so I picked up the okay. bass and then went from there. So you started off as a theater kid. Yeah, a little bit in musical, musical theater. I was in musical theater all through high school. I had a lot of fun. Were you usually the leader? Uh... No. I mean, if you've seen a picture of me, I, I wasn't I probably not the, I wasn't the lead. I, I would be considered more of a character actor. Um, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I was like uh, in little, we did a little shop of horrors. I was the dentist. Um, when we were in Guys and Dolls, I was Big Julie from Chicago with like the worst Chicago oh. accent. I didn't even know what a Chicago accent was. I'm not sure what I was trying to do, but it wasn't right. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. And uh, I think we did You Can't Take It With You. And I was like the Russian, it was Boris Kalenkov, I think his name is, the Russian <laughs> dance instructor. Also couldn't do a Russian accent either. But uh, that was that was kind of those roles are what I was relegated to. So what made you gravitate towards doing nerd rock? Um, what I was um, I was a huge fan of Weird Al from very young, huge fan of Weird Al. And um, I was listening to Dr. Demento and making like mixtapes from his shows. And that was kind of I, I really liked funny music. And so. You know, a lot of musical theater is comedy. I mean, there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, and then I, in the, I was in high school, and I was looking for something. I was just kind of bored. I wanted more. My mom worked at a record store, and okay. I went in there one day, and I was like, I was looking for something, and kind of, I was kind of bored. I wanted something new to listen to. And uh, I saw the soundtrack for This Is Final Tap. And I was reading okay. the song titles, and I thought they were really funny. And I asked my mom, and I said, I should, can I get this? Do you think I would like this? 
And she goes, well, you got to watch the movie first. Do you, do you remember the movie? But I was really small when it came out. And I was like, no, nah, I don't right. I don't think I've ever seen it. So then I went and rented the movie. And I saw that. And I thought, oh, my gosh. what an, And I love satire. And I thought, what a fun way to, to have, like, because they were really playing. I mean, they really wrote those songs. They really played them. I said, there's, they're, they're creating these songs, but also it's funny, and you get to be this larger-than-life kind of character on stage. So that's what really, when that was, that was kind of, and it was more comedy rock than it was nerd rock. Later, yeah. later on, I'd say, in more recent times, so I was doing more comedy stuff, and then probably in like 2000, 11 it probably wasn't until i moved from southern california to oregon where i am now uh, in the portland area um, where i said i'm instead of trying to make people laugh all the time and trying to make punchlines, i just want to sing about stuff that i love which is nerdy stuff you know marvel movies and star wars and so i i'm gonna just do that and try and and if they're also funny and i if witty or clever that's like the icing on the cake, but really, I'm just gonna stop trying to make people laugh and just sing about stuff that I love. Because now I know, thanks to the internet and all the conventions I performed at, that other people love that stuff as much as I do. And so, well, let's just go in that direction. And I actually find it a lot more rewarding than trying to think of just straight being like a guitar act on a stand-up stage, which was fun and I enjoyed a lot. But uh, the art writing and singing about stuff that I actually really care about is I think more rewarding from an artistic sense, if that makes sense. Uh, so where did the idea to form Mega Thruster come from? It came from, well, it came from my wife, really. I, I, I was in, um, I had something going for a long time on the comedy scene in, in Southern California that was called hot waffles with my brother. And, uh, <laughs> And we had been doing that for a long time since like the mid '90s, late '90s. And then he decided that he wanted to go into animation. He's where he works in animation now, and so wow. Um, he, but it was like he was he was going to an, like art school, and um, he he was a tattoo artist for a long time. And he thought, you know, I really want to do. I want to go into animation. I want to do art. So we kind of have to like stop doing, you know, because he wasn't able to do it. It was just like full-time school, full-time work. And I said, okay, so that kind of just, we just kind of went our separate ways. And I wasn't really doing, I, I tried writing a musical. It didn't really go anywhere. I ended up not liking it and kind of throwing it out, not doing much. And then um, when I met my current wife and I moved here, she actually said like, well, what do you love doing? And I said, you know, what I really love to do is write music and perform these goofy songs that I do. And so it was really with her encouragement. She goes, I want you to do that. You can do that up here. And she was really super encouraging. Um, you know, she helped me come up with the name Mega Thruster. We went through a thousand band names. She, uh, mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone up here. You know, I kind of, I moved and kind of left all my friends and family and contacts behind. I'm in like a brand new city. Didn't know anyone. We just started going to shows, meeting people, networking, and it just kind of took off from there. And uh, so I owed a lot to her. I don't know 
uh, how far I would have gotten kind of without her. I'd probably just <laughs> be playing video games still at home, I guess. So that brings me to the next question. Uh, the first Megathruster album featured a two-time guest on my podcast, which was Chris Malitsky. Oh. How did the two of you guys meet? Oh, yeah, that was um, at one of the aforementioned shows. It was, uh, we start, you know, there was already kind of like a nerd music scene he here in, in Portland. It was like the Double Clicks, PDX Broadsides, a few others, and... And there's some uh, based up in Seattle, too. And I'm sure these are all people you'll have or have had on the show. Um, an awesome scene up here in the Pacific Northwest. I really wasn't quite yeah. aware of. And so I just started Googling and I would see these shows. And uh, we went to 
a show. I think it was it was uh, the Double Clicks and the PDX Broadsides. Can't remember if it was one of their album release. I've been to so, I've been to so, we've, I've been to so many of their shows now. Um, yeah, but it was like like a Doctor Who themed like eatery with like a performance space, kind of cool. Okay. And uh, you know, my wife's so good. I always get nervous, but my wife's so good. We just kind of walked up and introduced ourselves, and it just went from there until um you know started i started i got enough songs new songs to kind of be able to play a small set and i started doing like open mics i just had to start over from scratch because it was strange when i was in hot waffles right before my brother kind of went off to do the animation i mean we were on you know k-rock you know the number one you know we were on with uh you know the number one morning show in la you know, we had we right. had performed on stage with Kevin Smith. Um, you know, we had we were oh. on. Uh, I was on a couple of TV shows. We are on, you know, in in movie and and stuff like that. So we never quite made it over the hump, but we were we were getting kind of some notoriety, and we were playing shows and stuff, and and playing comedy. We were playing at the Improv and the Ice House and down there and some different comedy clubs. And then it just we never quite broke. But yeah. then my brother was like, well, I'm going to go do this. And then nothing. And then there was like nothing. And then I came up here and I'm like, now I'm playing open mics again. You know, and nobody yeah. knew who I was or cared. And so it was kind of interesting. It was kind of, it wasn't humbling because I, I was already humbled. But like, it was just, um, it was like starting a new job. You know, it's like, okay, now I'm back to square one. And we started doing uh, new, uh, like open mics and these things. And then finally, you know, we started playing shows with the PDX broadsides and double clicks, some other people, and getting uh, some gigs at, you know, Rose City Comic Cons and just different conventions here, and just making friends. And Christian is awesome. And yeah. yes, he is. He's a really good guy. I started that album with a different guitar player, and it just wasn't working out, unfortunately. You know, good guy. We were friends, but I think. You know, it just wasn't clicking in the studio, so you know, it kind of, the album kind of halted halfway through, and I really wanted to finish it. So he came in and did the guitar and the background vocals, and I was able to finish it. I love how it came out. Yeah, that's a great album. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so you played the bass. Are there any any other instruments that you play? Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. I tr I tried to learn the I tried to learn the guitar, but my 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 hands are so big, it's it's hard to make a chord. And yeah. um, I feel that. And so I just kind of stuck with with that and the singing. I never I took as a kid. I took piano lessons. I took violin lessons. Um, different things and the only thing i ever kind of kept up with was uh bass guitar and so I, I tried learning guitar at one point as an adult and you know i learned three chords and yeah that's it yeah it seems like all the guitarists i know can play bass but most of the bassists i know can't play guitar yeah yeah it's it's hard to go the other way <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
So what is your songwriting process like? I like to come up with an idea first. So if I'll think of a, I rarely think of like a tune or I fiddle around and come up with a, like a jam. I rarely do that. I I almost always think of like, what do I want to make a song about? And some kind of idea I think is witty or clever. And so that's where I start. And then I go from there to the hook. So I almost always try to have a hook. And so like the concept of like a catchy like chorus, basically. Right. So um, like on the first album, on the, uh, say, Minecraft, my song about kids playing Minecraft, like I'll, I, I think of that idea first. And I go, oh, that's funny. I noticed our youngest child is always wa- on YouTube watching other people playing Minecraft. That's interesting and funny yeah. to me because I'm old. And um, so then I thought, think of, and I get the, the kind of the chorus in my head, and then I kind of build the song around that. And a lot of my songs are kind of like a, basic i i think a lot of my song structure comes from like kiss's early albums okay where it's like you know and a lot of the rock songs are like this it's like you got the verse then the like bridge chorus yeah verse bridge chorus you know solo and you know chorus twice so obviously uh when you're growing up you were around a lot of uh, sheet music and whatnot. Have does that figure into your writing style? Like, do you write uh, sheet music? Are you a sight reader? How do you usually put the songs together? Yeah, I. What I usually do is I, I did take some theory, but it, it kind of you know if you don't use it all the time, it, it's almost like a second language yeah. that kind of goes away. So I usually just I write out the lyrics and then I put the chords in, you know C. G, D, like that, you know, above the line. And so, uh, and then I will, so I'll do that. And then I will make a, like a basic demo track with just bass and vocals. And sometimes some harmony parts, if I have an idea for them. And then I'll send that to Joel. And then he'll basically turn it into a real song. He does the hard part. So thank you, Joel, uh, if you're listening. But that's – that's I have gotten better with – I have gotten better because, especially during uh, the pandemic, we haven't been able to really get in person. He has very small kids, um, not of vaccine age. And, you know, we've been pretty – we've only seen each other once or twice. Uh, maybe yeah, two three times since the since the pandemic uh, started. So we've been do, doing everything virtually, and I've gotten a lot better at making sure at pre-fixing my baseline so he doesn't have to edit. So I'll do like my <laughs> vocals. I get everything set from me, and yeah. then he can easily he can do his parts, and it'll be more easily uh, able to. He'll be more easily able to to kind of. He doesn't have to spend a bunch of time making my bass on time. To the click track. Right. <laughs> uh, do you use a click track? I do. I use a click track because okay. you know he he usually does the percussion piece, 
So, right. you know, I will, again, I just send him kind of bass and vocal. I'll send him a, like a demo with the click. And then separately, I'll send him just the bass, just the voice, so he can mix it all. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely play to a click. And so I, I think it, you know, both li live, uh, my old thing with my brother and uh, Mega Thruster with Joel, there's no drummer when we perform. So I think that's hindered me a little bit in my ability to uh, be a good bass player, I guess. I guess, you know, play, okay. play consistently to the beat. Because we were like, we'd be on stage, and if I thought it was funny to speed up or stop or do that, you know, because <laughs> there was no drummer, it was just two people, kind of like a Smothers Brothers thing, playing off each other. Yeah. It was fun. But then when I get down to the studio, I really have to, like, so I got that click track going, like, blasting in my ear. And then sometimes even then I have to go in and kind of fix it a little bit, you know, and post to make sure that um especially if it's like a bass playing that's like for a long time i start to get off i'm like oh getting off a little bit with the bass are you a finger player or do you use a pick? I, I don't use a pick just just finger just the fingering that was I, my first teacher i took lessons from was like a real jazz guy and right. he's like no you gotta do 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 that, that he's like picks are for guitar players trying to take the easy way out you're gonna be a real <laughs> bass player if only he could see me now he'd be like oh what happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do any slap uh style no bass? i know i tried that i tried you know i kind of i got to this point where i was like good enough to do what i wanted to do and i and i didn't I didn't go further. I, I think that for me, it was all about the performance. It was like performance first. And I, I still kind of feel this way sometimes when I see people live. It's like I wanted I want to, to do a fun performance. And then the music, the music, the musicality piece of it is like live is like secondary. You know, if I wanted to hear a perfect pristine performance of something i could just listen to the cd at home and everything's perfect right when i go live it's because i want to see it happening for real in person and i want something fun to watch right. so for me it was always more about not more about but like the like the punch lines or the delivery or um you know maybe the the like the banter in between the songs is like important to me like just the right. whole the whole show putting on a show and maybe that comes from that that musical theater you know background too it's like i wanted to be like a a complete show package and you know i i probably should have put more energy into being a better bass player i guess but <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't where my mind was always at. It wasn't like I'm gonna be, you know, uh, you know, this Les Claypool or whatever. I'm not yeah. gonna be like Flea. 
you know, and that's that's what I want to do. It was like, no, I want to go and just be this goofball on stage who happens to play bass because we need a bass player. So more of a vaudevillian performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't have to be uh, perfect, just has there to be funny. Go. That's that's where my mind yeah. goes. Yeah. So sometimes we, we, we're, we perform sometimes and Joel is like, oh, you know, we'll have a bad, you know, we'll screw up, forget the song or something like that. And sometimes Joel's like, oh, I played really bad and he'll he'll be down on it, you know, for whatever, we were just off for some reason. But to me, if the audience was laughing and clapping and people seemed like it, they had a good time, I feel I'm on cloud nine like it was a cold success. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. but we totally, you know, we boffed that song or whatever it was. And I'm like, meh. <laughs> people had a good time. As long as the audience had fun. You know, yeah. but uh, so that's just where my mind goes. Sometimes I think about getting up early and the way I walk to the bus stop for another day of seventh grade. I just wanted to go to class, maybe make some people smile. But the kind of things I liked weren't the things that were in style. I couldn't help the way I looked. I know I talked too loud. They would grab me and push me to the ground. During PE, I was told I was no good out by the bleachers. Not just by the other kids, but also by the slammed into the lockers books knocked out of my hands i grabbed a sharpie marker cause i had a plan i wrote weird al rules upon my three ring binder i know i'm not cool don't need your reminder Weird Al rules is what I say, and they'll never make me change the way I feel, or shut me up and make me ashamed of the geeky stuff that's my deal. Oh no, Weird Al rules. My mom would talk to the school, but they just told her boys will be to be at home playing with my Star Wars toys but I went every day trying to hold my head up high I fought back the best I could and looked them in the eye and when I think about how they called me fat and lame I just look around and see the rad life that I made. Weird Al rules is what I say, and they should never make you change the 
shut you up and make you ashamed of the stuff that is your deal. Oh no, because weird our rules. Just remember, weird our rules. So, how did Joel wind up uh, joining the band? Well, after I mentioned earlier that. Uh, kind of had a parting of ways with the guy that I had been playing with. And then I finished the album with Christian Lipsky. And then I asked him if he wanted to, I had such a great experience and he's, he's so talented. Um, I asked him if he would think about joining up with me, but I, you know, with everything he had going on and then his, you know, dedication to the broadsides already, you know, established, and everything, you know, that just wasn't in the cards. So at that point, I had auditions for the first time because before I just had stuff oh, wow. with my, I just goaded my little brother into doing this stuff with me, and he was he he, he had fun with this. So he, he uh, so I was like had auditions for the first time. Well, I, I auditioned like I started putting stuff out on online, and um, I, we auditioned three or four people. I think, and it was hard because I needed someone who, A, first off, was going to be okay with playing these weird songs and just right. two guys or a guy. And a guy. I was open to anyone. Um, and uh, B, could sing a higher harmony than I, than sing the higher harmony part. Because my right. I'm kind of baritone in bass, and um, so I needed someone who could do a little bit of a tenor range as some for for a lot of the songs, uh, and then someone who I forget what the third criteria was. Uh, I don't know. I you know it was just that we had a click. You know, yeah. And so I. I I auditioned a few people and it just wasn't, it wasn't, and I went through a number of auditions with some people and, and uh, we would get together and kind of jam, jam through the songs, really cool people. Some of them I'm still friends with, uh, but it just, it wasn't quite working. And I, I think I'd almost given up. I was just like, well, you know, I'm tired of looking through this. It's like, it's like uh, online dating or something. I'm just like, I need a break <laughs> from all this. And um, my wife, again, put an ad on Craigslist after I was already like, I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. This, this isn't going to work. Whatever. She puts on a, and so, uh, and Joel answer. I guess Joel's a Craigslist hookup, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he, he answered the call <laughs> and he came we met in a thing and I said, whoa. And he said, okay. And so, uh, he's been in it ever since, but he's, you know, he's always doing his, he's always got some like solo stuff and side things he's doing. Uh, and so, but, uh, I, I imagine he must be having some fun because he has it. He keeps doing it. So where do you do most of your recording? So I do my recording right here up in our loft. It's 
uh, I've got, you know, a microphone set up. I got all of my guitars are over here to my left and I got all my stuff is up here. And then he has a, like a studio in his basement. Um, okay. And so in the early days, so the first album was actually recorded in his studio out here in Yam Hill County on a llama farm uh, <laughs> in an old barn. Uh, it was called Pirate Llama Studios. And the That's guy awesome. was really cool. And it was a really good experience. Uh, but then for the second album, then I met Joel. And we were doing the songs and everything. We started working on the second album. Joel's like, we don't need to spend that money in the studio because I got a setup. So then I would go over to his house and do some recording. And then I was able to set up my own thing here. So basically, I'm like yeah. I described earlier, like I got to do my parts. Uh, go and put the files into Google Drive. He downloads them, finishes the song, and then we got a finished song. The wonders of the internet. Um, so where are some of the places that you've uh, performed? Um, Mega Thruster has mostly performed, uh, again, because, you know, Joel has little ones, uh, and so our travel has been a little bit uh, restricted, but we've been, we perform mostly in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we've we performed at uh, for Pub Fest one year, which was in Chicago. Okay. We uh, we performed at Emerald City Comic Con, which was an awesome show. Uh, and so mostly, but mostly it's Portland and Salem kind of areas, and you know everywhere in between. So, if you want to uh, share the stage with some of those bands that you mentioned, Double Clicks, uh, PDX Broadsides. Yes. Yes, so we've played. Yeah, we've we played a bunch of times with PDX yeah. Broadsides. We play with them. We play with them all the time, um, and we've we played some cool shows uh, with Double Clicks as well. Um, the last time we played, which was shortly before the pandemic, they came up to play at uh, Dante's in Portland, and we had there was an awesome show with like the Library Bards and us and that was that was a really cool show and and when we were up in uh when we did emerald city comic con uh pdx process were that were there also for that and also we met some folks in the nerdcore like hip-hop mm -hmm. scene for the first time and so uh you know lex the lexicon artist shubzilla Bill Beats, Death Star. So our booths were kind of next to each other, and we made friends with them. And that was kind of my first foray. I, I, I knew what Nerdcore was, and I was a fan, but it was kind of my first foray into like meeting folks from that scene and watching them perform live. And then one night we went to, they had like a show like downtown, and we went to the show, and it was a blast. And so, uh, yeah, super uh -huh. cool. And that brings me to my next question. You currently have a Kickstarter for a new Nerdcore project. Can you tell me about it? I sure can. What hey, a segue. Perfect. <laughs> Couldn't have planned that better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I um, – and this was back from a long time ago. I, I kind of – when I wanted to do things by myself, which is hard to do when you only play yeah. bass. But when I did things as I kind of like electronically, I made up a – 
a kind of a solo thing called the Chris Waffle Explosion. And um, it allowed me to do a little bit of horrible rapping. And so I've dabbled in that for a long time. And when I was little, I used to write little raps. They were just bad, but um, I've always appreciated the art form. And so after, uh, so I met, I met them at Emerald City Comic Con. We stayed in touch and I've, I've been a fan for a long time from a lot of those, uh, with a lot of those acts. And 2D6 out of Ohio, I believe. Okay. Um, that we met at Funk Fest, big fans of 2D6. And so when the pandemic hit and everything was locked down, so that first March and everything just shut down, it was a bummer. We had Megathrust had some cool shows lined up and there everything was canceled. We were gonna play, we were gonna play a show in Salem with have you, you know who David Liebehart is? No, I can't say and do. I'm sorry. He's he's the guy from so there's this guy's uh, Tim and Eric. Okay. Uh, they have a they had a show on uh, like Adult Swim, like Tim and Eric's awesome show, great job. They did Dr. Steve Brule, and they found this guy David Levehart, and he'd be on the show all the time. And he's he he sings in like a falsetto, and he's got like puppets okay. and stuff. Very very interesting that guy he plays shows I and mean, he was coming to salem and we were gonna like play a show with him i was super right. excited that was all canceled um so that was a bummer but so we were sitting at home and um bill beats who's producing the rap album that i'm getting to long story longer uh he posts on his facebook because i made friends with him from emerald city comic-con that he's been like making these beats and you can buy them and mess around with them or whatever if okay. you want. So I went to his webpage and he had all these awesome beats and we were we were watching Tiger King <laughs> on Netflix and basically doing nothing because everything was shut down. And I heard one of these beats and I said, I'm going to rap about the Tiger King. <laughs> so I downloaded it onto my stuff and I had the mic, I had all the equipment yep. and I just wrote these bars about tiger king and then i did that and then uh oh we had also my wife and i started like a couple's like vlog right on youtube and that was shut down too we couldn't do that either because everything was closed we couldn't really do anything so i made a video we made a like a music video for it and we had so much fun doing that uh and the and the people and people liked it thought it was funny <laughs> And uh, like, oh, that was fun. And then a couple of months go by, and I had another. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do. Oh, so we got a hot tub, and I was like, I'm gonna do a song about my hot tub. <laughs> and so I got another one of his beats, and recorded, but made a song and a video about our hot tub. And we were just rapping. Mega Thruster wasn't really doing anything, and so it was just a lot of fun. And we just kept doing it, and it was something actually I could do with my wife. You know, she. Mega Thruster is, is uh, you know, just kind of Joel and I. She's always been super supportive. But, uh, you know, I have such a good time. My wife and I are really best mm -hmm. friends. And so doing – and she doesn't really have musical. She can't really play an instrument. Right. She doesn't really sing. Uh, but, you know, being kind of the hype person 
in a two-person rap thing, and she would rap a little bit. And then I was like, oh, this next one, can you rap this part? <laughs> and she did. And then, like, the first song, she just did a little background right. stuff. Then I did one. I was like, what if I gave you this section to rap? And she did that. And then eventually she did her own. We had her, She had her own whole song. Oxford English Dictionary defines a power couple as a couple consisting of two people who are each influential or successful in their own right. I have my very own small business. I once made a grilled cheese sandwich. I got elected to the city council. When I was six, they removed my tonsils. People come to me for sound advice. I beat Medford not once but twice. I care deeply about all my friends. I too would like to have some friends. We had so much fun doing that, and then finally I was like, you know what? But here's the thing. So, like, my production skills, because Joel does makes all of Megathrusters sound right. beautiful. My production skills are not that great. So I f always felt like, I'm like, these rap songs are fun, and they're okay sounding. But I felt like, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they sounded like real, like you would hear on the radio, like a higher kind of production value on it. And so that's why uh, – and I have more ideas for songs and stuff, and so I reached out to Bill Beats, who's producing mm -hmm. it, and he was, and I was like, "Look, we're not great rappers. Um, I'm not. <laughs> you know, we're rapping about like really stupid stuff that's funny to me, basically. Yeah. Um, would you be interested in doing this? You know, and and he said yes. Awesome. So, but of course, we need to pay him for his time and talents. So uh, to do all that, we launched a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm not sure when this is going to air, but the Kickstarter ends uh, at the end of February. Okay. So it's going right now. It's going really well. We're about to fund. It's been five days since it launched. We're about to fund. I was just right before this putting up our stretch goals. So it's really exciting. So the outpouring of kind of support and generosity for these like silly songs has been really awesome to see and uh, so uh, it's called the we haven't decided on an album title that might be a stretch okay. goal for people to kind of be able to vote for a title or come up with the title in some way uh, but it's going to be our our full first full length album i don't even know if we'll do a second one but uh it's going to have songs all about uh it's like I describe it as it's 50% nerdcore, 
50% comedy, 100% certified bangers. <laughs> yeah, it's going. We're gonna have. Uh, I've I've been listening to some of the beats. It's gonna have songs about like my minivan, uh, and uh, you know I think our opener is gonna be a song about just keeping the bar right. low, not expecting. We expect very little. It's like when you go to a movie, you're like, this movie seems like it's going to be not great. But then it turns out to be kind of okay. You're like, oh, <laughs> good. That was good. That's how you should, when we perform, that's how you should be for us. So, Obviously, there's quite a bit of difference uh, between doing rock and roll and doing uh, hip hop. What are some of the difficulties that you've run into? Uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, one is you you know rap, the hip hop, is based, you know, well all music is based in math, mm -hmm. but I when you're rapping on the beat, when you're trying to rap on the beat, you know, you really have only so many syllables to work with. Whereas you can be a little bit more loosey goosey with rock and roll because it's more, you know, rock and roll is blues based. So you, when you're singing, you can stretch out yeah. a line or shorten some things. And you, you get a little bit more leeway with rap. It's like when the line's done, you got to flow into the next one. Like, so sometimes I find myself writing too many, too much for the breath control to be able to fit everything in. So I'm trying to get the joke in or I'm telling a story and I'm like, I have to take all these syllables out because I just can't physically rap it. Sometimes I, I write rock and roll songs that I can't play on bass live. I'm like, this is too complicated. I'm like, who do I think I am? Frank Zappa? <laughs> like, I'm not, I can't do this. So, uh, but with rap, it's like, I, I actually, I, sometimes I write things that I physically am like, I, it's like a tongue twister. I'm like, I physically can't say all this. So, that's one that's one challenge another one is um with a rock and roll song i can make the song with a with a rap song like i'm basically just writing bars mm -hmm. just writing rhymes but i don't have the music so you know the, the producer is sending me beats i like to get the beats first but i've been like trying to get all my ideas down so then i have to like change the song to kind of fit the music a little bit if that makes sense so that's another challenge i guess so is there any advice you would make to anybody that's aspiring to say well to get into either nerd rock or even getting into nerd core are there are there people out there who are wanting to do that <laughs> it seems like a growing industry I, that's good no that's good i um i think You know, it's it's interesting because I feel I, I feel like one or two. I in one way I feel like a veteran because I've been doing it kind of forever. But at the same time, I still feel new because I had to start over. Uh, so, if I think to just when I started over more in more recent times, um, I think one thing is it helps if you go to shows and support. And be a f genuine fan of, you know, if this is something that you're into, or you would assume that you also like it. So going out and supporting 
uh, you know, the people becoming a fan of the other acts and and supporting them, getting, you know, going to those live shows if and when live shows ever properly come back. But, uh, you know, and, and helping just helping to spread the words and, and just spread the word and just making those connections, I think is really important. Um, I think that um, I think the ability to take feedback when you're starting out is important. Um, I got some feedback even from Mega Thrusters. So, you know, I, I'd been performing for like 15 years, and then I played an early Mega Thrusters show uh, with uh, Kyle Stevens of Kirby Crackle. Yeah. Uh, it was Cur Kirby Crackle. And uh, after the show, someone give, gave me some feedback, and I was like, what? <laughs> I've been doing this for years. But, you know, in retrospect, the feedback was completely mm -hmm. valid. I didn't make a scene or anything at the time. I was just like, okay, thanks. But I had to think a lot yeah. about it. I was like, well, but it was it was completely it was completely valid. And um, I expect to get a lot of feedback <laughs> from from the from the nerdcore, you know, community on on this stuff. If and when, you know, a plan for this. And the reason we want to even do an album is because uh, I want to play live shows with my wife. She's great on mm -hmm. stage. We've emceed uh, events together. Uh, she's a local politician, uh, very comfortable uh, in, in, in front of people. Uh, she was a nationally ranked uh, debate champion you know, when she was younger, very talented. Um, so I'm excited to be on stage. We have all these ideas for you know, what we're going to wear and how we're going to do our songs and visuals and things and so but i imagine you know we're not going to be you know like ready for like super bowl halftime show out of yeah. the gate and i expect some people to be like that was whack or that didn't work so i think being open to feedback and you know it's just going to make you better and the people who care enough to give you that feedback aren't doing you know they a lot of the time it's it's because they want to see you get yeah. better they want to see you at the next show with your game raised. Um, so that's that's my other piece of advice, I guess. Take feedback and, uh, you know, as long as it's it's uh, not from a hater, but from people who, who have your best interests at heart. Are there any nerd music artists that you'd like to give a shout out to? Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to... A few people, so um, I know that uh, Lex and Schaefer, the Dark Lord, are going on tour, and so I want to give a shout out to them. Looking forward, they're going to come out to the Pacific Northwest, and so uh, look that up. They're going all over the place. That should be a really cool show. Um, I want to give a shout out, of course, to our producer Bill Beats, and he performs with Shubzilla, and I think they're going to South by Southwest. And so, a uh, big shout out to them, uh, and they're awesome. Um, and of course, PDX Broadsides are our partners in crime <laughs> here with Mega Thruster here in the Portland area. It's so awesome. Um, and uh, speaking of that, also uh, the Double Clicks just created a, a whole musical that did very well on uh, Kickstarter, and I'm hoping, I feel like uh, Laser is trying to find a way to get that 
to be able to be performed on stage. Okay. And so hopefully we'll see that happen somewhere. So big shout out to them for for putting that together. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Uh, oh, uh, Bonnie Gordon uh, from the Library Bards. Want to give a shout out to her. Not only is her Kickstarter for her first solo album going like gangbusters, and I think it's it looks like it's going to be really cool. But she's also the voice of the computer on Star Trek Prodigy, the animated show on Nickelodeon. And, <laughs> and I've been watching that, and that's awesome. So shout out to uh, shout out to her. Shout out, of course, to my wife. I've been talking about her the whole time. Sarah Spoon with the S's are dollar signs. Uh, I, she's going to kill it on this album for the Chris Waffle Explosion. Uh, shout out to Joel. Uh, I will say Mega Thruster has a ton of new songs. We have so many new songs. We have almost the ability to do an album. We just got to finish like three more. We've got, we've got songs in the can for like years, ready to go. We've just been waiting for the pandemic to end so we could like put out an album, play some shows, maybe make some videos. And every time we think the pandemic's ending, it's back up and running. <laughs> So, uh, but we, we see there is a light at the end of the tunnel for that. Uh, we're wrapping up a few, a uh, few more songs. Uh, shout out to our kids who put up with me doing all this stuff that they would say is probably cringy, <laughs> but, um, so, uh, thank you for that. And, uh, yes, I got, we got uh Chris waffle explosion. We've got a mega thruster new album. We've got so this is for this is what I have planned for this year before we go. Chris Waffle Explosion album, rap album, Mega Thruster new album, Mega Thruster holiday album, which is going to be all of our holiday songs that we've released, plus a couple of new ones, and then a Hot Waffles Greatest Hits remastered. So I think I got we got I got like four albums coming out this year. It's going to be tough, but that's my goal. Okay. Where can people find you online? So if you look up, if you look up Mega Thruster, like if you just Google it, it's all Mega Thruster. It's all me. You can. Uh, we're on Bandcamp. All my music's on Bandcamp, and I want to support Bandcamp uh, because they're really supportive of, of artists. So you put in Mega Thruster or Chris Waffle into Bandcamp, you'll see that. Um, and uh, MegaThruster.com. No, I think if you just yeah, just Google that. You'll find me Twitter, uh, Chris Waffle. Yeah, at Chris Waffle. Oh, and I'm on Instagram. Oh, at Instagram at Waffle King. So if you want to see pictures, if you want to see tweets, go to the other one. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up there. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciated having you. You come down. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your podcast it's a it's a gift and a blessing to this world I appreciate oh, thank you it. very much i'd like to congratulate chris on the success of his kickstarter for the chris waffle explosion album while he didn't unlock the final stretch goal of vinyl release the kickstarter was an unquestionable grand slam i will keep you updated as more news comes in if you're enjoying the podcast consider supporting us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash meet he geeks that's right we messed up on the domain 
So that's patreon.com forward slash M-E-E-T-H-E-G-E-E-K-S. And help us keep bringing great content and great interviews with the artists you want to know about.